0: Here's a system of equations to solve that has three variables, x, y, and z. So that's like being in three dimensions. We're talking about possibly planes in space that hopefully have an intersection point. Um, If we have one unique solution, as I mentioned, I think in the last section, that would be like the corner of a room or the corner of a box, where three planes intersect at one point. Now, it says solve the system. It also um, I added using gauss jordan row reduction because I want to make sure that you distinguish between the fact that this is one technique you can use separate from the ax equals b technique because this has three variables and three equations um, it's a possibility that you could solve this using a inverse times b to solve it but we're going to use gauss short and row reduction for this one this is also in your book so if you want to follow along with each example uh, feel free the other thing i'd like to say about all of this is it takes some getting used to i think the best way to learn it is by example through lots of examples but i also want to point out to you that even when it seems when you're comfortable with it watching me do it then taking that step and doing it on your own is another another level of solving these problems so uh, you want to make sure you get enough practice as early as possible because this can often give students trouble. So as we work through it, I'll try to give you a chance each step along the way to decide what you would do and try to do that as much as you can. And also when, you're, when your instructor is working through problems in class, try to be one step ahead to see if, if you would do the same thing that he or she would do. Every once in a while, you might do something differently and you'll both end up with the same answer. So I also want to point that out as well. But as As much as possible i'll try to point out the quickest simplest way to do these problems so we need to start with the augmented matrix that's step one so we'll put our augmented matrix underneath 1x minus 2y plus 3z equals 14 3x plus 4y minus 1z equals negative 8 5x plus 7y plus 2z equals Negative 3. Step 1 is done. We have our augmented matrix. Now the objective, as much as possible, is to get the identity on this side. So that would be 1, 1, 1 on the diagonals and zeros everywhere else. And then our answer will be easily read. Now we already have a nice 1 in the very first entry. So we might as well keep it there and pivot on that 1, meaning let's get zeros below it. So what would be the first thing you would do in order to get a 0, say, right here where this 3 is? Keeping this 1 the way it is, how would we get a 0 here? Okay, the answer would be, one answer would be, take negative 3 times the first equation, because that will give you negative 3, and add it to the second equation, and that will give you the 0 that you need right there. But instead of thinking about equations with x, y, and z, we only worry about rows. So we're going to take negative three times row one, added to row two, and that's going to go into a new row two. So that tells me, leave row one alone. One negative two, 3, 14. And then in the second row, I'm going to go back a little bit to my first augmented matrix. Negative three times row one, negative three plus three is zero. That's what we wanted. And then we have Got to do the same to every term now, to be fair. Negative 3 times negative 2 is positive 6. Positive 6 plus 4 is 10. And we're going to check all these, too, because it's very easy to to get a mistake with the sign, especially. Negative 3 times 3 is negative 9. Negative 9 plus negative 1 is negative 10. And then we have to do to every term. So negative 3 times 14. 3 times 4 is 12 with 1 left over, so we have 42. 3 times 14 is 42, so we have negative 3 times 14 is negative 42. Negative 42 plus negative 8 is negative 50. That's looking very nice. This makes me very happy because I don't see any fractions coming up over here. Okay, now we've got our zero here. Before I worry about this guy right here, I can go ahead in the same matrix and get rid of this five underneath the leading one. So I can actually pivot on the one. I can do two steps in one matrix. So take a second, look at what we have here. We have a one and we want this five to be zero. What would we do to the first row and add to the last row to get zero? Negative five times row one. Add it this time to row three and make that our new row three. Can you see, since we haven't filled this in yet, we can go ahead and do that now and save some space, which is uh, difficult to do with these problems sometimes. So we have negative five times row one is negative five, plus five is zero. And then I have negative five times negative two is positive 10, plus seven is 17. And then we have negative five times three is negative 15. Negative 15 plus 2 is negative 13. That's not looking as nice to me, but I'll deal with it when I have to. It might change before then. So I have negative 13 from the negative 5 times 3 is negative 15 plus 2. Negative 13. And the last one, negative 5 times 14, 5 times 4 is 20, and then so we have 70, and then it's negative. So we have negative 70 plus a negative 3 is negative 73. So I'm going to take a minute and double check all this and as I do that you can do the same and you can either tune me out or, um, or listen and, and it'll go through what we did again. Negative 3 row 1 plus row 2 put it in row 2. Negative 3 row 1 plus row 2 is 0. Negative 3 times 2 is 6 plus 4 is 10. Negative 3 times 3 is negative 9 plus negative 1 is negative 10. Negative 3 times 14 that's the one we did in our heads. 42, negative 42 plus a negative 8 is negative 50. First, second row is good. Negative 5 times row 1 plus row 3, put it into row 3. Negative 5 plus 5 is 0. Negative 5 times negative 2 is positive 10. 10 plus 7 is positive 17. Negative 5 times 3 is negative 15. Negative 15 plus 2 is negative 13. And negative 5 times 14 is 70 with a negative. So we have negative 70 plus negative 3 is negative 73. So that next matrix looks correct. And something that I haven't pointed out yet, uh, might be obvious to you, but might not be. We have two different matrices here, but they still represent the same system of equations just like if you have an equation you can multiply both sides of an equation by 2 and it's still the equation might be written in a different form but it still represents the same solution for example if you have 3x equals 5 that's the, the same solution as 6x equals 10 now I'm not interested in keeping the equations the same necessarily I just want to make sure that I have the same solution when I'm finished so this new matrix still represents the same solution that the previous matrix represented. It's just in a different form that's easier to read. Just like if we had 6x equals 10, we could divide both sides by 2 and write it as 3x equals 5. Or we could divide both sides by 6 and write it as x equals 10 sixths, but then we'd have to reduce, and that would be x equals 5 thirds, which is a different form of... 3x equals 5, which we started with. So all these different forms of the equation represent the same solution, just like all the different forms of matrices that we're going to be writing are going to represent the same solution of the system of equations. So now we've got our leading one with zeros below it, so we're good there. Now the other nice thing that I pointed out before, 10, negative 10, and negative 50 are all divisible by 10, so it's going to be pretty simple to pivot on that 10 right there. Change that to a one, and then worry about top and bottom being zeros. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. I'm gonna leave these two rows in the same order. I'm not gonna swap them. And I'm gonna divide all of row two by 10 so that I have a one right here where I've circled. So I'm gonna take one tenth of row two, and that's gonna be my new row two. I still leave row one alone. 1, negative 2, 3, 14. Then I divide row 2 by 10. So I have 10 divided by 10 is 1. Negative 10 divided by 10 is negative 1. Negative 50 divided by 10 is negative 5. And then I'll go ahead and rewrite row 3. 0, 17, negative 13, negative 73. So I've got this leading one now, and I need zeros above and below. So uh, if you'd like to pause for a second and see if you can do the row operations needed in order to get a zero above the one and a zero below the one, and then when you come back, I'll work through it as well. Okay, to get the zero above this one, I need to add 2 to the negative 2. So I'm going to take 2 times row 2, and add it to row 1, and replace row 1 with the new answer. So it's going to be 2 times row 2, add it to row 1, Oops. and that's going to be my new row 1. So the nice thing about the zero, two times 0 is still 0. 0 plus 1 is still 1. So my leading 1 is still there. That's important. Now I have 2 times 1 is 2, plus negative 2 is the 0 that I wanted. And then I have 2 times negative 1 is negative 2, plus 3 is 1. And then 2 times negative 5 is negative 10, negative 10 plus 14 is 4. I'm going to rewrite row 2, leave it alone. Just like I did two steps at once back here, I'm going to do two steps at once here as well because I also want a zero where that 17 is. So where the 17 is, I want a zero, so I need to multiply row 2 by negative by 17 in order to get zero. So I'm going to take negative 17 times row 2, add it to row 3, and put that into row 3. So I'm probably going to need some scratch paper, but that's all right. Negative 17 times 0 is still 0. 0 plus 0 is still 0. So that's good. The 0's are still there. Negative 17 plus positive 17 is also 0. That's what I wanted. And then I have negative 17 times a negative 1 is positive 17. Positive 17 plus a negative 13 is a positive 4. I'll double-check that. Positive 17 plus negative 13 is positive 4. And then the last one, I have to take negative 17 times negative 5, that's 35, and then so that's 85. And it's negative times negative, so it's positive 85. And then I have 85 plus a negative 73. And when you do that subtraction, you get 12. Oh, isn't that much better than what we had? Now we have a 4 and a 12, and so that's gonna be nice for us. Now I've got zeros above and below the one in the middle. So now I've got my two diagonal ones. The next one I look at is this 4 right here. I want this 4 to be a 1. It's very simple to get that. I just divide the entire equation, the entire row, by 4. So I'm going to take 1 fourth of row 3. And that's going to be my new row 3. I'm not going to change anything else yet because to get my zeros, I need to have my one first. It's the easiest way. It's, it's not the only way, but it's the only way your book is going to do it and generally the only way I ever do it as well. Uh, means fractions every once in a while a little more often, but I think it's less confusing. So now that we have a one here, I pivot on that. Oh, by the way, I was talking while I did that division. Four divided by four is one, 12 divided by four is three. So we're okay there. We want zeros up above. Pretty simple to get them, isn't it? Because I have a negative one and a positive one. So I'm almost finished. I think this will be my last step. I'm going to take negative either one. Let's take negative row three and add it to row one. And that'll be my new row one. And then I don't even have to do anything except add row two and row three in order to get a zero right here. So I'm going to take... Uh, well, I'll do the one step first and then we'll write the next one. I'm so excited to get to the end. Okay, one plus zero is still one. Zero plus zero is still zero. And notice all I'm doing is taking the opposite of row three. So the opposite of zero is still zero. So zero, for zero is zero. The opposite of one is negative one. Negative one plus one is the zero that I needed. And then now this might change, right? I have a negative three plus four is positive one. So all that to get that one x equals one. Okay, we'll see if the other stuff is more interesting. Now we want to get the zero above here. So I need um, just to add row two to row three and put it in row three. So I'll say row three plus row two, put it into row two. Doesn't really matter which order. Zero plus zero is zero. Zero plus one, still that one I need. One plus negative one is zero. And then 3 plus negative 5 is negative 2. So it looks like 1y equals negative 2. And the last row, I already know the solution. 1z equals 3. So my solution looks like it's probably right, because it worked out really nicely right, but we'll check it in a minute. It looks like the solution is the point x equals 1, y equals negative 2, z equals 3. Now you'll notice I've written this in a different form. There are a lot of different ways to write solutions. One is to say X equals, Y equals, Z equals, W, whatever you have, equals. Or you could write them as ordered, this is an ordered triplet, ordered triple, excuse me. No, it's not like with babies. It's an ordered triple. One, negative two, three. And um, that means... the point in space where three planes intersect. And just to make sure, we'll check it right now. Go ahead and take a minute and check it yourself, and then come back and see if you got the same thing I did. Okay. to check this, I put 1 in for x, negative 2 for y, and 3 in for z. 1 plus 4 is 5, plus 9 is 14, so that one checks. 3 minus 8 is negative 5. 3 minus 8 is negative 5 minus 3 is negative 8 and then 5 minus 14 plus 6 is negative 3. So it does check and we know we're good to move on to the next example.